In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. So it's the third Sunday of Advent, and on the third Sunday of Advent some years ago, we moved into a new house. I know, two weeks before Christmas, we made this big move. It was chaotic, and at the same time, very hopeful, kind of going to a new place. Truth is, I had stalked this house out all through the year, and I was really sure that once we lived there, we would be perfect because it was a perfect house. It was a beautiful house. And that in this perfection, we would be more like you, at least the you that I imagined you to be, like those Christmas catalog families with the special sheets just for Christmas Eve and Every corner of the house is bright and shiny and decorated and has white lights in all the windows and perfect. Kind of like also the families in the Target commercials where everything is in its place and everyone's cheerful and even the dogs are smiling. Um, so not just our address would be different, but we would be different. We would be new and improved in this great new and improved house. That I would be more normal, happier, less stressed, less anxious, and then we moved in, and we were still imperfect us, but in the chaos and disorder of a new home just before Christmas. No, the tree did not get up that year. So during the pandemic, I have felt the same kind of house-stalking mind come back. I know I'm not alone in this, House hunting, or more precisely, house envy, has become a way to ease our collective anxiety by focusing on what life would be like if we lived in that house, another house, one unlike the one that we're living in, and maybe even with different people than we're living with. We've been with them for a long time. A friend of mine told me that she moved to Charlottesville because in the UVA alumni magazine, they have a real estate section that is like fantasy candy. It makes you believe that you can go back to when life was fun and more can carefree. You can be younger, at least if you remember college that way. Most college students would differ with that. Move here and you'll feel young again. It'll be just like when you were in school. It's intoxicating. This includes addicting remodeling shows like Love It or List It. How about Chip and Joanne? Are they like everywhere? The Property Brothers, Ty Pennington, The Master of Flip, you name it, all of those shows that I could watch for hours. Even when we didn't have a house, the thought of having a house seemed to answer all of our problems. If only we had a house. Megan Dom, in the book The American Idea of Home, writes, a perfect house is lust made manifest. It can make its visitors delirious with longing. It can send butterflies into their bellies in ways a living, breathing human being rarely can. A house that's an object of lust says, you want me, but you'll never have me. It says, you couldn't have me even if you could afford me. You couldn't have me even if I didn't already belong to someone else. And that is because houses like most objects of lust, lose their perfection the moment that we are granted access. To take possession of a house is to skim the top off of its magic the minute that you sign the deed. 
It is to concede that the house you live in will never be the house that you desired so ravenously. But where did this ravenous house craving come from, and what will satisfy it? It seems to be lodged deep within us, not to just have a house, but to have a home. And not just any home, but a place that feels like home. We have dreams about what this should look like. How many novels have been written about this subject? As we've been staying at home more than ever, we're keenly aware that home is not a building or a geographical location, it's a feeling. Ask yourself, what does home mean to you? Is it where you grew up? Is it where your parents are? Where your spouse is? Where your children are? Where your friends are? What feeling is it that is this feeling of home? It's belonging, welcome, acceptance, forgiveness, love. So our Advent 3 Old Testament text digs deep into our soul's search for home. It's from a short book written by the prophet Zephaniah. You know, I like to consider the Old Testament as our collective history, kind of like our family history. And if we just think of it that way, we can look back to this scrapbook of the prophets and see where we are. It's about 650 B.C., and our family has lost the only copy of the Bible that we had because we were busy doing other things. When one of the kids finds it in an old basement, we didn't even know it was what it was. Our attitude toward God was that God didn't do much of anything, good or bad. We kind of went with whatever idol was cool at the time, what other people were worshiping. It'd be like forgetting that your grandpa was actually related to you. He built your house, he took care of your whole family, he gave you your inheritance, and then you lost his picture and forgot who he was. So grandpa would be sad. Okay, now think how happy grandpa would be if you called or came by. This is what I'm talking about. The people had forgotten all about God. But he forgave them because he never has and never will forget them. So I'm soft-pedaling it a bit here because the people had really messed up and they took a really long time to admit it. It was self-centeredness to the max at that point. But you know, that doesn't ever seem to be a deal-breaker for God. He likes to be the joy at the end of our road. You know, the text says he will renew you in his love. He will exult over you with loud singing. And then God says, I will bring you home. This is the home we are really longing for, not the fantasy ones in the catalogs or the drive-by. It's the God-shaped hole in our soul that can't be filled by stuff, even beautiful stuff like a new house. You know, C.S. Lewis said, the fact that our heart yearns for something earth can't supply is proof that heaven must be our home. It reminds me of that Kenny Loggins song, usually on the radio about this time of year, Celebrate Me Home. I'm finally here, but I'm bound to roam. Come on, celebrate me home. That's us. 
We're finally here, but we're bound to roam. We're like puppies who can't seem to keep our focus and just keep running away from God, roaming away. We're the lost lamb, the lost coin, the lost puppy, the lost child. We do nothing to be found, but God celebrates us home every time. C.S. Lewis also compared us to a house in his book, Mere Christianity. He wrote, imagine yourself as a living house. God comes in to rebuild that house. At first, perhaps, you can understand what he's doing. He's getting the drains right, stopping the leaks in our roof, and so on. You knew that those jobs needed doing, so you're not surprised. But presently, he starts knocking the house about in a way that hurts abominably and does not seem to make any sense. What on earth is he up to? The explanation is that he is building quite a different house from the one that you thought of. Throwing out a new wing here, putting out an extra floor there, running up towers, making courtyards. You thought you were being made into a decent little cottage. But he is building a palace. He intends to come and live in it himself. So you may feel a bit knocked about, as C.S. Lewis says. You may also feel lost or forgotten. You may feel you have done something God can't forgive. Many people at this time of year feel distanced from God, what has been called disconsolation, not feeling consoled. Others feel great consolation, a feeling of comfort. Neither of these states of being are due to the efforts of the person experiencing it. There are seasons in our life of faith, our relationship with Christ. It may feel false to hear this, but no matter how you are feeling, you are still in God's home. I don't know when you will feel like you are home again, loved, belonging, and accepted but you have God's promise that you will never be abandoned. We have a God that wrapped himself in flesh and blood to be with us, to make his promise tangible and everlasting. This Zephaniah text tells that there is nothing you can do to turn God away from you. He will renew you with his love and exult over you with loud singing every time. Taylor Caldwell wrote, We are never alone. Not when the night is darkest, the wind coldest, the world seemingly most indifferent. For this is still the time God chooses. God chooses to be with us, to be with you. God celebrates you home. Amen.